Hey guys, Pastor Bear here. Welcome to the podcast for Real Church. We meet every Sunday at 11.15 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sherpsburg. You can also check us out online at www.realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. I hope you enjoy this week's message. I love that video and I love that movie uh, because he challenges them to seize what is before them, to seize the day, to not be looking for tomorrow, and to not continually look back toward yesterday. And so here's my question I want you to ask yourself today, and I'm going to ask it for you, and I want you to ponder this, okay? Here's the question. If you were told that you had a week to live, how would you spend it? If you were told that you had a week to live, how would you spend it? How would you spend it if you were told you had a week to live? Would you spend it worrying about stuff? Would you spend it worrying about stuff? Would you, would you spend it trying to pursue material things? Would you do that? Would you spend it praying maybe? I don't know. Would you spend it with family and friends? If you knew you had a week to live, what would you do? If tomorrow you get a pain somewhere and you go to the hospital and the doctor comes in after many tests and says, you have one week to live. From that moment when you walk out until God calls you home, what would you do? That's the question I have for you. I've told this story before, but it's, it's very pertinent. Um, I had a situation that happened to me. Some of you may not have heard it. I had a situation that happened to me. Uh, I was a student pastor at a church, and uh, it was going to be prom night. And on prom night, uh, they, wanted to, uh, they wanted to, for some reason, I have no idea, these students wanted myself and, and Wendy to drive them to prom in the church van. All right. Now, when I was growing up, the last thing I would want around me at a prom would be a preacher. All right. But that's what they wanted. They wanted Wendy and I to drive them to prom in a church van. And so I decided I was going to clean the church van. And I, I, uh, I drove the uh, church van over to a cleaning place and I, uh, I started using the cleaner. All right. I started using the cleaner and I used it and I washed it and I washed it and I washed it. And um, but for me, I'm kind of cheap, and so the vacuum cleaners that they had were a little too expensive for me, uh, and uh, they just weren't very, they didn't work very good either, all right? They didn't suck, I guess, is the, they were just not very good, okay? And so they were just, it was all clogged, and so I was like, I'm not going to spend any more money on this. I'm going, to, I'm going to go home. I've got a great vacuum at home, and so I went, pulled it in the driveway, now, all along that day, I had been arguing, well, we'd been discussing uh, things with my bride, all right? It was a full-out argument, um, and we had been going back and forth, of course, via text, uh, which is something you never do. I learned this day. This day. But um, I had been saying all this stuff, and she had been saying all this stuff, and it was like, you know, back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And I hadn't been exactly nice. I know that shocks everyone here, but I hadn't. I hadn't been exactly nice. And um, I, um, I started vacuuming the van in my driveway. 
and I pulled out and I was vacuuming the van and, and I was, re- you know, I went over to the driver's side and I vacuumed it out. And I went over to the passenger side and I was, and you know, in a van, in a minivan, I mean, not a minivan, in a regular van, like a 15 passenger van, I've been in so many, uh, there's in the center section, it's kind of hard to get if you're trying to vacuum because it's not like a car. You have to lean way over. And so I actually put my body down in between the front seat and the dashboard and I'm leaning over and I was there for a while trying to vacuum out this van to make sure that our students had a great time. All the while I was mad as a hornet at my wife. And I am leaning over, and my, my, I don't know what happened, but I started getting a shooting pain going up the center of my chest and down my arm. And all of a sudden, I started kind of hyperventilating. And I started, and I got up, and when I got up really fast, I got very dizzy. And I grabbed onto the side of the van, And I looked at my arms and I could see the veins in my arms very clearly. They were coming right down through there. And I stumbled over to the neighbor's house and I said, would you please call the ambulance? I think I'm having a heart attack. And I, she said, please sit down. And I sat down and I grabbed my phone and I started telling Wendy all, I called her and said, I think I may be having a heart attack. I need you to come home. And I started telling her how I didn't actually mean any of the things that I had told her all the way up to that point in the day. All right? And what happened was the, when the, the ambulance came. I was sitting at the end of my driveway. The ambulance came. The fire truck came. And um, they checked my vital signs, and they were all normal. They, they kept talking to me, and I started feeling a little bit better, and I started feeling a little bit better. And they, um, they, uh, they ended up, uh, I, I, was, I was hot, I was very hot. And uh, uh, I said, and Wendy had arrived, and I said, hey, I said, I- I'm going to go inside and, uh, and get, um, get a cold rag. And so I went inside, and she went in there with me, and I, and I, got, I went into the bathroom, and I got a cold rag, and I, and I, wa- I washed it off, and I started washing off my, uh, my face. And I noticed that as I washed off my face, that the water dropped down on my arm. And the veins that I had coming out, it started going away. And I looked down at my arm, and I took the rag, and I wiped off what were the veins in my arm. And I wiped off the other one. And I didn't tell anybody, and I walked outside, and he said, Are you, you want to be transported? And I said, no, I think I'm okay I'm not sure what happened. I think I'm okay. Well, you need to make sure you go check with you, you know, all the things they have to say before they leave and just in case you die. And um, I, uh, so what happened? Let me tell you what happened. When I was washing the vehicle over at the rainbow wash thing, there's a reason they call it rainbow. It's because when you put the spray stuff on and you do that, you use the big brush, the big brush, the, the foam that comes out is red and blue. And I was washing, and the blue foam hit my arm and went down my arm and stained both of my arms. I wasn't having a heart attack. I was an idiot. 
And I called Wendy in, and she was still panicked a little bit. And I said, hey. And she said, do we need to go to the doctor? Maybe we need to go. I think you should have went. I was like, no, no, I think I'm good. And, uh, um, and I looked down, and I had some of the same stuff on my leg, that blue stuff. And I said, hey, come in here a second. And she said, okay. And I put my leg up on the side of the tub, and I took some water. And she goes, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I said, and I rubbed it off. And she was like, you have got to be kidding me. You, and anyway, why do I say that for? Let me tell you why I say that. I say that because a lot of times, you guys, we can get carried away. We can get carried away in the moment. And we cannot think and we cannot value. We cannot value that which is the most valuable to us. We get caught up in the very moment and those very things that God has given us, those things that God has given us as a gift, we can take those things and throw them aside because we are caught up in the moment, because we have a point to make, or because we want to be right. We can do that. So I ask you again, if you had a week to live, how would you live it? There's a text in James chapter 4 we're going to look at. It's parallel to Luke chapter 12, and we'll look at that too. But James chapter 4, starting in verse 13, says this. Look here, you who say, today or tomorrow, we're going to a certain town and stay there a year. We will do business there and make profit. And here's the question James asked them. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life, and here's what what, what comes from the song. Your life is like a morning fog. It's here a little while, and then it's gone. And then James instructs us, and he says this. He says, what you ought to say is if the Lord wants us to, We will live and we will do this or we will do that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own plans and all such boasting is evil. Remember, it is a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. And then Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, we see another text in Luke chapter 12. And it starts in verse 13. Luke chapter 12 and verse 13. And I'll turn over there. Luke chapter 12, starting in verse 13, it says, Then someone called from the crowd, Teacher, please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. And he said, Friend, who made me judge to decide those such things? Beware, guard against every kind of greed. All right? And then it goes on, it says this. It says, A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He had said to himself, Hmm, what should I do? I don't have any room for my crops. Then he said, I know, I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all of my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. You will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? And then this final verse is one we've heard. Yes, a person is a fool who stores up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Some people may think that James is kind of nitpicking here. Some people may think that he's kind of being nitpicky here. Listen, I mean, I was just going to tell everybody what my plans were. I was going to tell everybody what my plans were. There's a deeper message here that James is trying to get to, and it's one that I'm going to get to as well. There's a deeper message that James is trying to get to. Psalm 139 says this, and it'll be up on the screen. Psalm 139 says this, and I forgot my glasses again, so I'm going to have to turn around. Psalm 139 says this. It says, you saw me before I was born. 
Every, I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. I want you guys to say this with me. Say every day. Every day. And hear this. Every moment. Are you with me? Every day and every moment was laid out. That's what was laid out. What does that tell you? Let me tell you what it tells you. It tells you that God knows. He knows every day and every moment that was laid out before us. And we can, if we want to, we can try to make all these plans and all these things. And let me say something. It's not bad to make plans. It's not bad to be wise. It's not. As a matter of fact, other parts of the scripture tell you to make sure that you know why you're doing what you're doing. It's not bad to make plans. When it's bad to make plans is whenever you leave God completely out of the plan. Are you with me? Here's why. The first one is this. Our lives, you guys, is a vapor. Our life is a vapor. It's a vapor. Our life is a vapor. It comes and it goes very quickly. Our life comes and goes very quickly. And I want to say this as a little preface. Our students are making all of our adults look bad because they all have notebooks and they're writing things down. Our life, thank you, students. I appreciate it. Our, Connor, Connor, you're doing a great job. Thank you so much, students. Our life is a vapor, okay? Our life is a Vapor. It comes and it goes very quickly. I have a picture I want to show you guys, and no one can make fun, but I want to show you. Bring up that picture I had you bring up, Lynn. You see that right there? You see that? Who is that good-looking fella right there, second over? I had hair then. That's not a wig. All right, I was only 18. Um, Yeah, so my brother Jimmy is on the far right. That's my dad who died about 15 years ago. That's my mom. Uh, who looks like she has a fez on the top of her head. Um, And that is my brother, Jeff, on the far left. And that is me right there. That's my high school graduation. Uh, That's my high school graduation picture. And I want to tell you guys something. Can I tell you? Can I tell you this? I still remember every moment of that graduation. Honestly, it was like it was yesterday. It was just like it was yesterday. I remember the details. I remember everything. I remember that picture. I remember that picture. The one thing I was thinking in that picture is why in the world has Jeff got his hand on my tummy? That's what I was thinking. I literally was thinking that. I was like, this is going to look really weird, man. Jeff's got his hand on my gut. So why is he doing that? But I didn't say anything because anyone who would wear those glasses uh, like he has on, so uh, that would be really bad. He Hopefully he'll hear this. Uh, sometimes he listens to my messages. So he kind of looks like, uh, what's that little birdie? Uh, with the round glasses. Uh, I don't know his name, the little birdie in the movie. Uh, Chicken Little, that's who he looks like. He looks a little like Chicken Little. Um, And and I remember at the time thinking he looked a little like Chicken Little. Uh, But uh, seriously, I remember that like it was yesterday, you guys. I remember like it was yesterday. It's like, boom, and it was completely gone. It was gone. Okay, take the picture down, Lynn. It's embarrassing enough. So, I want to tell you this, though. I want to tell you this. That's exactly how our lives are. And here's the thing. Right now, there's teenagers here that are like, yeah, yeah, okay, I get it. And, but there's adults here. There's adults here whose, whose, whose kids are already in college, and they're supposed to still be in grammar school, and a little bit grade school, but they're already in college. There's some ki- adults here that are like, man, you're not ever, yeah, never lied. Oh, my gosh, I remember back. I remember back when that was, oh, I remember that. There's some adults here that remember those things. You do, and you know what I'm telling you is the truth. You know that our life is a vapor. You know that we don't have tomorrow guaranteed. You know that. You know that because you've experienced it in your own life. You know, whenever 
Whenever you leave our home early in the morning, oftentimes there's two huge fields that we have to turn down to get out from our our road. We'll get on the road. It's off Elder's Mill. And there's two huge fields that usually have that. They go out there. And usually, usually um, Wendy and Blake, they'll, they'll go before I do. And I always say, hey, listen, make sure you watch the fog because there's just morning mist that comes over the field and the fog will go across. It'll go across the road, all right? But here's the crazy part. Can I tell you the crazy part? 10 minutes later, 10 minutes later, I will go and drive the same road and that fog, that mist, is gone. It's gone. If anyone's ever been hunting, you know what that looks like when you're getting ready to go hunting and you're sitting in a tree stand or you're in a shooting house of some kind and you're sitting there watching and there's a bright little fog that comes across the, the, the field. And yet the minute that sun starts coming in, it just dissipates and it, everything becomes clear. I want to tell you guys something. Your life and my life is exactly like that. I have no idea how I got to be 47 years old. I'm supposed to still be breakdancing to run DMC at 15 years old. I'm supposed to be doing that. I'm supposed to be having, I'm still supposed to be driving a $1,000 car and I have a $1,500 stereo system. I'm supposed to be doing that. Why, how did I get this old? I'm 47. I'm looking 50 in the face. I really am. And it's looking back. And it's mean. It is. It really is. How did I get this old? Can I tell you how? I'll tell you how. Because our life is a vapor. And we have to value every day. We have to value every day. We really, really do. How do we do that? Let me tell you how we do it. We have to embrace the, God, the life God has for us. We do. We have to embrace the life that God has for us. The life that God has for us is what we have to embrace. And that's what James was talking about. James was saying, listen, don't say that you're going to go here and go there. And Jesus was saying the same thing in his parable. Don't say you're going to do this and go do that. Listen, your very life's going to be called from you tonight. You need to embrace the life that God has for you. And when you embrace the life that God has for you and you work out that plan, that, that, that is different than what the people in James were saying. That's different. Let me show what Ephesians chapter 5 says, starting in verse 16. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16 says, Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Do not act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Understand what the Lord wants you to do. You have to connect with what God is telling you to do. You have to connect with this plan that God has for you. No matter what you think your plan should be, no matter what, you need to connect and embrace the plan that God has for you. I want to tell you something. I have been at several bedsides of people that were on their deathbed. I want you to know that I have been at several bedsides of people that were on their deathbed. None of them, none of them ever regretted working more. None of them did. None of them said, you know, I should have worked more. You know, I should have worked a lot more. No one ever did that. No one ever said, you know, man, if I could just get those one more pair of shoes, I would be happy. Roll my bed down to DSW and let me get them red shoes. No one's ever said that to me. No one. No one's ever said that. No one's ever said to me. No one's ever said, you know, I wish I would just been a little bit more selfish. Gosh, if I'd have been just a little bit more selfish, I could have been complete. My life would have been happy. I'd have peace. If I could have been a little more selfish, I would have peace. No one's ever said that. 
If I could have been a little more arrogant to everyone else, man, if I could have been a little more of a know-it-all, my life would have had peace. No one's ever said that. No, it's really crazy. No one's ever said that to me. No one's ever said that to me. You know what they have said? They had, man, I wish I'd have spent more time with my family. I wish I'd have spent more time with my family. I wish I, I wish, I wish I wouldn't have let this job or that job, or I wish I wouldn't have let this situation or that situation pull me away. I wish I'd have spent more time with my, my family. You know what else they say to me? Gosh, I wish I'd have taken more risk for God. I wish I'd have had more faith, is what they say. I wish I'd have had more faith. I really do. I wish I'd have taken more risk for God. You know what else they say? Gosh, you know, man, I just, I wish I would have changed and been a better person. I wish I, wish I could do it over again. I wish I could have a do-over. I wish, I wish I could have changed and been a better person. I wish I could have listened to what God wanted me to do and changed and changed for him and been a better person. I wish I could have done that. That's what they say. That's exactly what they say. Why do they say that? Because we all know deep down in our heart, even right now, even you know right now, deep down in your heart, if you've never thought about it, that what you truly need to do right now is throw off the life that you thought you were supposed to live and embrace the life that God has for you. That's what you know. You know that right now in your heart sitting there. And I know it too. I know that we are to embrace the life that God has for us. Us. How do we make sure that we don't have regrets in life? How do we make sure that when on our deathbed that we're laying there and we're not having regrets? Well, listen, live a life that that live a life for God and allow Him to, 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 to guide and direct you. That's the first thing. Follow His Son in a relationship. Allow Holy Spirit to move and guide you as you go through this life. That's the way that you don't. First, listen, our life is a vapor, you guys. It's a vapor. It is here today, and it is gone tomorrow. And the best thing we can do is to embrace the life that God has for us. And you may say, well, listen, I don't know what life God has for me. Well, that's the greatest part, because listen, the way you understand. Whenever I met Wendy, I didn't know necessarily that she was going to say yes. All right? I didn't know she was going to marry me. I had no idea. You know what I mean? I came in just kind of not having any, any idea. But you know what happened? Let me tell you what happened. What happened was, was that we began to talk and she began to see how awesome I was. Uh, and uh, we began to talk and we began to have a relationship. All right, that's what happened. We had a relationship. And as we began to have that relationship, that plan, that plan kind of started unfolding here and there. And this happened and that happened. And then we had that relationship. And suddenly I began to see what it was that God has for both of us. And I began to see, hey, you know what? She may actually say yes. And if she does, we got to get this thing over quick. All right, we got to get it over quick. We got to get hitched quick. Um, But that's how I did it. That's the same way you do with God. What you do is is you just start the relationship where you are. Start where you are and you begin to go and you begin to relate with him, read his word, pray, pray throughout the day, get around other people that are like-minded, jump into a small group and listen and learn and grow. That's what you do. Have accountability people. Read books about about the greatness of God. All those things, and what ends up happening is, is it ends up it'll, it'll unfold before you, the plan that He has for you. And it won't listen. It it it, it won't be that far off from what you thought anyway, because He's gifted you and ta- gives you talents. You know, it wouldn't make sense for me to sit in an office all day, would it? It doesn't make sense for me to do that. Why? Because I like people, and I like teaching and discipling, and that's who I am. 
You know, God's, if you, chances are, if you don't like sitting cooped up in an office, God's not going to say, go be an administrative assistant for a preacher somewhere. Okay, that's probably not going to happen. He's probably going to use your gifts and talents to maximize because that's what he wants to do for us. Here's the final thing I want you to hear. Not only is our life a vapor and we need to embrace God, the life that God has for us, but finally, we need to trust God with the results. Are you with me on that? We need to trust God with the results. We do. That's the hardest part, you guys. Listen, this is the hardest part of the message, trusting God with the results. Because here's what we want to do. Oftentimes, we will say that we embrace God's plan for us. We'll say that. We know, okay, listen, I know my life's a vapor. I know that I don't need to say I'm going here or there. I know that I need to rely fully on God. God, if you allow me to do this, I'll do this. And then we go off and we do the same thing that we were going to do before. And, we, and, and what we do is, is we draw ourselves out of God's will because we don't trust him for the results. We don't. We don't trust him for the results. Why is that? Because trust is hard. Trust provides faith. I mean, it, 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 it makes you need faith. And that's a, difficult, that's a difficult thing. If you trust, you know that he knows better. If you trust, you know that he knows better. You know he'll provide, he'll come through, he'll help you, he'll be there. He's got you in the palm of his hand is what the scripture says. If you trust, if you trust, then you'll know all those things. But here's the bad part. The bad part is, is oftentimes faith, faith oftentimes, it, it, it's very difficult to walk a life of faith and not experience the pain of change. The pain of change is what runs most people off from walking a life of faith. The pain of change is what runs most people off because no one wants the pain of change. No one wants it. No one, no one wants to go through the tough part. No one does. It's hard. But I can tell you this, that pain is a teacher. That pain in your life of changing and moving and getting closer to God, that pain is a teacher in your life. And if you will listen to it, if you will listen to that pain, and if you will embrace that and say, God, teach me what this is, if you'll do that, you'll start seeing your life change in incredible ways. You will. I promise you will. That's something that's guaranteed. If you will, if you'll do that, I promise you he'll be there for you. Listen, you guys, our life is a vapor. It is. Our life's a vapor. I titled the message, Seize the Day for God. Carpe diem for God. Seize the day for him. I tell people this often. Don't make me lie at your funeral. Don't do that. Don't make me make up stuff about you, how great you were. I'm not lying at your funeral. I'll just tell you that right now. If any of y'all kill over, I'm telling the truth. That's how it is. Live a life. Live a life where people will say, you know what, man? He may have been a screw-up sometimes, but he really embraced what God had. And other people were affected. Other people were affected. Do that. Live that life. I promise you this. If you'll give your life over to God, he'll make something greater than you've ever thought. He will. But before you commit, and we'll close on this, before you commit, you got to submit. Before you commit, you got to submit. A lot of us want to commit. Yes, God, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this. And you forget the first part, and that is you have to submit. That means laying down what you want 
and searching out what God wants. That means you have to check your pulse and you have to feel nothing. Let God be your pulse. Let me pray for you. Lord, thank you so much, God, that you are mindful enough of us that you, gosh, Lord, you give us gifts and talents and you want us to use those for your glory. It's just amazing, God, that a lot of times the very thing that we're running from is the thing that, that will bring us the most joy and peace. The very thing that we're running from, it's the thing that will give us the most peace, God. It's amazing that, that um, your world is so opposite of ours. Your ways are so much higher. Lord, we want to be people that embrace your word, embrace the life you have for us. We want to be people that do that and then that, that, that live a life that overflows onto other people. Let us be people that disciple other people. Let us be a church that's growing and not afraid to change. God, as we do that, I know, I know that you'll show us. I know that you'll show us the way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand up for our final worship song. Let's stand up. Thank you for listening to the podcast of Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or if you would like to contact us at Real Church, please go to our website at www.realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us on Sunday at 11.15 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Also, check out our website or Facebook page for directions. Until next time, God bless, and remember to love God, love others, and live real.